When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And a very good morning to you. Welcome to Breakfast with Patton Heels on this Tuesday, the 20th of February. Uh, we're brought to you, of course, by Burbank Homes, the builder you can trust. You can bank on Burbank Homes and Hyundai. The all-new Hyundai Kona N-Line is now available. Love you to join us. Lots to talk about today, 13, 13, 55. One of the teams is already on the plane and headed to Vegas. That's the Bunnies. Um, that's the Suncorp Home Resilience Open Line. Or you can text us, 0467 736 736. I might be talking the entire show. It could be a bit icy in the studio today. I forgot to pick up heels this morning. He was stranded. Oh, on thank his... God it wasn't raining. <laughs> Standing outside checking all the cars to see if it's you. Is it, you know, thinking you might have a loan car from Barton's? And uh, a few people told me to get out. Get out, mate. Yes, the mighty Calais was uh, was in for a service yesterday. No, but I've got it back. And uh, no, I just flat forgot you. I, oh. Look, I must admit, I had it in my head and I know you've got a board meeting today for the Bulls Masters. Uh, and I thought I thought you'd texted me and said no, I'll I'll go straight to uh, the board meeting. Don't worry about picking me up tomorrow. So clearly, I've got that <laughs> you wrong. Thought, eh? <laughs> Could you check your text, maybe? And just have a quick look at that. Mm. Um, but we're back. We're here. We're here. Yes. And so is Rosie. Rosie, oh, Paris is possible again. Yeah, well, it was never in doubt, was it? Well, I don't know what the equestrian, uh, equestrian <laughs> Australia are like, yeah, but them. they are swift, and uh, they've been criticised for even dealing with one complaint yeah. so seriously, but they were swift and got him available again. The stand-down's finished. Yes, this is the Mankini scandal. Uh, it was all over the news last night. In fact, uh, I've, you know, obviously I stay loyal to Seven. I was watching Seven's news, so our chief reporter, Chris Reason. Uh, he was he was allocated the story yesterday. The big jobs. Yeah. So he went out and actually had a chat to Shane Rose. If you're only just catching up with it, it's, it's, uh, we were just poo-pooing this yesterday. Oh, yeah, you can't, man. Keeney, <laughs> you can't do that. So he's a three-time Olympic equestrian medalist. He's one of the elite riders in the world. And, like, his first medal goes back to Rio. So he's been around for a long I time. Reckon it's, I thought it was 20, 20 and 8. Yeah. That's not, that Rio was 16. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. It was. It goes back to 08, yeah, because yeah. it, was, it was London and then uh, then Rio. So, yeah, it was it was Beijing. Yes. Yeah, Beijing in 08. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, the, the, for those of you. he's had a mankini for? <laughs> yeah, I wonder where, he, wonder where yeah, you buy mankinis. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You'll ask Alf. Um, so, basically, there was a fancy dress day. He's put on a gorilla suit. I think he was Duff Man as well, but he also put on the mankini. And, and look, uh, they're saying that maybe there was one complaint and it's caused this unbelievable storm in a teacup. So, so much so that at one point they were speculating, will Shane Rose actually go to Paris with the Australian Olympic oh. team because he wore a mankini? What a joke. He... The but the possibility was he stands down from a qualifying tournament next weekend in New Zealand. Yeah, and so he it sounds like he hasn't qualified yet, but he's expecting to. Yeah, and 
How many eyeballs are going to be on the equestrian in Paris? <laughs> well done. It's <laughs> exactly right. But, look, there's been fallout here. I mean, in the story that, that I saw on, on the news last night, one of the equestrian Australian board members has actually stood down over, you know, the way it was handled. They said, you know, they've basically pilloried him and, and said, you know, why are you doing this? And they said, we're going to investigate and there are repercussions if you're found guilty. So one of the equestrian board members said, well, this is the greatest overreaction I've ever heard. I'm standing Mm. down. And Shane Rose has been, he's handled it beautifully. He's apologised if he caused any offence and and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, I mean, what do you think? Fair dinkum. It's it's one of the great overreactions of all time. 13, 13, 55. The text line is 0467 736 736. I feel sorry for him that he's been put through this uh, and hopefully he can go on again and his next competition is in New Zealand. And yeah, let's hope he seals whatever he's got to do to uh, to get the I wonder powers. what he missed out on yesterday. He was stood down for one day. Yeah. Did he miss some big? Um, so, so, yeah, no, he, yeah, he handled it very well. Those stand-down type uh, actions... You know, no. is it a is it a sensible director saying, right, I'm going to leave all you idiots? Yeah, I know. and it's you know, you want your sensible ones in there. <laughs> did he not get Did he not get his his way well enough? And they they continued on the the path that he disagreed with, and then he decides, well, that's it for me. Was he close to being out? Anyway, so Rosie's there. Rosie's there. Yeah, he'll be. Let's hope he's on the plane to, to Paris. But yeah, it's a woke society, isn't it? I mean, one complaint has caused it. This has gone global, Hill. So I see the BBC are reporting on it and all that sort of thing, this story. Mm. And it's, yeah, it's crazy. He uh, reckons Perth, it wasn't comfortable either. The person's saying that there's a rumour going around that Hills is going to do a mankini stunt like Rosie did on the horse by walking through Hoppy's car wash just to show how safe it is and doesn't scratch your cars. Well, Johnsy and Gordy have both been through the car wash on yeah. the bonnet of the car <laughs> just recently, social media, uh-huh. and so just get straight through, like soap all over them and the brushes <laughs> hitting them. And Wearing what? Wearing clothes, like no mankinis, thank uh-huh. you, but, you know, <laughs> shirt and shorts. <laughs> And, yeah, yeah, so it's all very, very safe. It doesn't scratch your face. It won't scratch your car. There we go, Purse. Like Stefan. <laughs> That's our first plug for hoppies uh, this morning. Hey, lots to talk about today. We're going to have we're gonna have Benny Eichen on a little later on in the show. He was the QRL CEO. I mean. Sensible uh, man. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, I mean, we love him, but he speaks on all matters, rugby league, but particularly with this funding battle with the ARL Commission, it's got nasty, there's litigation involved. And respond to the fact that the AFL are sort of touting that they've got a huge war chest to come into the NRL heartlands and start to attack right from the grassroots. Well, I thought they'd been doing that for a long time. I mean, yes. I heard years ago that, you know, a mate of mine said, oh, yeah, my kids just started grade one, and about three days into the ten. Has come home with the you now the Oscar ball and, and all that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. So, but they're saying there could be up to a billion dollars for grassroots funding. Uh, so it's a huge war chest. So look, he's he's fighting battles on many fronts. Uh, as Benny and he's going to have a chat to uh, to us today. We got Broncos um, recruit Jaden Hunt is going to join us as well. Um, he prepares uh, for Vegas. It's exciting time. The uh, the, the bunnies are already gone. Uh, they're probably there by now. And uh, Jason Demetrio, basically, uh, look, he's. He's just excited for round one. 
Yeah, we've tried to block it out actually over the last month or so and then got through the game on Saturday night and then started getting some final prep done and yeah, got up this morning buzzing, you know, bouncing around the place and Benny Ormy thinks I'm peaking too early, but yeah, no, <laughs> pretty excited to get on the plane and get over there. I think they're all like that, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, it's a nice little change of scenery after a hard, long pre-season yeah. I see, um, and time to play. I see our great friend Crash, who we had on the show yesterday, has tracked down an old mate of yours, Colin Funky Miller, yes. who who he's lived and worked in Vegas now for the best part of two decades in the hotel industry. And uh, he issued a, a warning probably just as blunt as the old police chief the other day. And he said, uh, hey, remember, boys, you don't get any prettier after midnight. And, you know, there's at least one or two scams going on all all the time. Mm. So he's just reminded them that, uh, yeah, look, be, be looking after yourself if you happen to be out on the strip uh, late at night. He yeah, reckons... So those working ladies, mm. they just have to get in a bit earlier. Yes. <laughs> I hope they, they don't hear Funky's comments <laughs> and sort of start working about from 9.30. <laughs> um, he reckons 65,000 seats at uh, Allegiant. He reckons 30 to 35 will be a good result for the NRL. And he, he also mm. said he should start targeting the kids that just miss out on Definitely. the Yeah, on the NFL. Well, that's what that combine is outstanding. Gonna, yeah, going to unearth for, you know, 25 women and 25 men already. That, you just see how they do take to it and yeah. what sort of physical athleticism they've got. It'll be incredible. And they're looking to do things. There was a bloke, there's, there's players in gridiron in the old days and now football, they don't carry the ball for 10 years. So there was a bloke came out here and played for Teachers Norths in rugby, and he was one of them. And he just loved the fact that, oh, I can touch the ball. Several times in a game, So, yeah. so that, there's heaps to appeal to these American athletes. Uh, the, the one, you know, like, while well, Jason Demetrio is excited, and, and so is his entire squad, there are things that they have to look out for, including these smaller dimensions. So 68, 68 metres becomes 63 metres, sideline to sideline, mm. and the 100 metres becomes 94 and a half metres in length. So Allegiance just a little tighter and he, he spoke about that yeah we spent a week training on it um, just to get a feel for it to get some understanding and our initial thoughts were that the players didn't really feel it but when I went what went back and watched training it's pretty obvious that the dimensions do make a difference um, it's definitely going to be more defense orientated uh, the weather I think will play a part as well the cooler conditions so um, I'm, I'm excited that we get the best part of two weeks to prep in that um, and we've had a week before that before we get there as well uh, they're on grass, aren't they? As far as I know, yes. yeah, it's a yeah, wheeling yeah, yeah. type surface. Yeah. Uh, they, there is artificial there, but they can wheel in the the real. Yeah. Um, and as Funky says uh, in his piece with Crash, that you know, it's, they are just like cricket. The challenge for rugby league is to get people to watch and understand, understand. the game. It's quite hard, and so uh, you know they'll measure the willingness for those American people and to to sit sit through it and try to learn. Yeah, of course, the Bronx have the Bunnies. Um, uh, sorry, the Bronx have the uh, Roosters. The Bunnies have Manly. And then Jason Demetrio has been oh, quite the, they've shown his largesse when it comes to the Sea Eagles. Um, we can put some money on the bar for Manly if they want to get out there. Um, no, look, for us, if, if I'm explaining what, how important it is to the players and we haven't done our jobs through pre-season, we know what we're going over there for and um, we'll make sure we spend time together, though. It's important that we enjoy each other's company. We're together for a long time, but uh, come kick-off, we'll be ready to go. You know, those dimensions, those field dimensions you mentioned, is that, is that standard for um, NFL? Must be, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not quite sure, but yeah, 60, 68 becomes sixty-three. So sixty-eight yards and a hundred yards. No meters, they say. No, sixty-eight uh, yards becomes sixty-three meters. Or no, out, no, is no. That these, our are, these are meters for footy. Yeah, yeah. for rugby these league. are meters. Yeah. So sixty-eight meters oh, becomes sixty-three in a legion, and a hundred becomes ninety-four point five. Oh, this is the way I read it at the moment. Short dropouts. Yeah. Want to be careful. Kickoffs. Careful. Mm. Hey, Vanessa's joining us. I just wanted to do a little bit on this uh, early on in the show. We'll we'll repeat it later. I mean, uh, let's go back to uh, a very, very special day on the first Tuesday in November in 2021. At the 400 metres, a length and a half loading artist. Here's very elegant. She's coming home. 300 to go. The mighty mare moves up to incentivise and races on by. Then floating artist, Spanish mission. Yeah, very sad passing in Ireland yesterday while Very Elegant was foaling. And uh, we'll have a, we'll hear from James McDonald, uh, the jockey on that day. It, you know, provided him in, in, a, in a career of highlights so far. I mean, his career is so young, but uh, provided him with his with his pinnacle so far. He's uh, Even he admitted to uh, shedding a tear yesterday. So Greg joining saying, yeah, terrible news. It was terrible and news was, about Very Elegant passing. It was 2018, I think, then, wasn't he? How many wins has he polled in since then? J-Mac. J-Mac, he oh, just, yeah. He was. And what, very elegant, I read, uh, broke the barrier 18 curse. Yeah. You couldn't win from 18 in that run. Yeah, she could win from anywhere. Yeah. Um, coming up to 6.17, Vanessa, a very good morning to you. Good morning. Welcome to Tuesday. Mm. Well, big news in Brisbane today is our police commissioner, mm. Katarina Carroll. Now, no confirmation yet, but she has given a strong indication that maybe she might not continue on in that top role when her contract comes to an end in July. She is meeting with the police minister today to discuss her future. She has been under a bit of pressure lately mm. with the youth crime crisis as well as morale amongst police officers. We've seen, uh, you know, crisis meetings and and officers kind of saying we are completely under the pump. We're so stretched. We're not feeling supported. So, yeah, there has been a little bit of pressure on the police commissioner. So Katarina Carroll, just to make up her mind, she's been on a five-year contract, seen the state through a lot of stuff through COVID and, you know, and lots of crises and incidents, the police shooting out in Weambilla. You know, there's been a lot going on, so whether she continues on, we will find out soon. Yeah, look, I've only had limited dealings, but uh, always been, you know, very, very easy to deal with, but yeah, one of the toughest jobs. Mm. There's uh, no doubt about oh, it, particularly in the sure. current atmosphere. And uh, the business happening down on the Gold Coast with talks of revolt yep. down there just adds a little extra knife, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a tough situation. Now, look, we've been hearing the whispers about should the Australian Institute of Sport be moved from Canberra to Queensland ahead of the Olympics in 2032? The AIS chair is calling for that ageing facility in Canberra to be abandoned, says it makes a lot of sense to bring it up north. Well, our Premier Stephen Miles has joined in the debate and this is I think everything should move from Canberra to Brisbane. Uh, Canberra's an awful place. Who'd want to go to Canberra? Why would we send our best athletes to Canberra when they could be here in Queensland experiencing uh, the superior weather here, the great lifestyle? 
He loves to poke the bear, doesn't he? Mm. Canberra's an awful place, <laughs> says Miles. Well, a bit hard there, didn't he? I know. The, the reason we send them to Canberra is that's where all the coaches are. <laughs> yes. Uh, well. So let's get them up here. Mm. And how much money you got? <laughs> well, money talks, doesn't yeah, that's it? Right. Yes. But there's there's no doubt it should be here. And if it's not here, an international academy will be set up. Mm. For all those, uh, you know, athletes that want to come and have a look. And Queensland is very overrepresented in the Olympic teams mm. often. You know, there are a lot of homegrown stars from here. So, well, particularly the swimmers. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, they tend to all come here because it's so, well, it's not pleasant training in the middle of winter, but it's a hell of a lot more pleasant than, than Canberra. Canberra, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and look, the uh, term we're banding around lately, the Swiftonomics, which is, you know, all the money being pumped through into Australia through. Through Taylor Swift's concerts. We've got the figures in from the three days of her Melbourne tour. She's now in Sydney. But there was a boost in Melbourne of $174 million in spending. So that's in things like our mm. restaurants and cafes and supermarkets and spending all around around the town. Uh, in total, they're saying, you know, millions of is mm. what the economic impact is. Um, that's just in Melbourne alone. Four shows in Sydney this weekend. Um, so, look, what what cost of living crisis? Well, I see she's giving a little <laughs> bit back, isn't she? Staying at Barangaroo at the, the star there, the top floor, which goes for yes. about 38 grand a night. Incredible. <laughs> I wonder, what, I wonder what you can get for 38 grand a night apart from unbelievable views of sending up. As well as want. a private mansion also. So they're saying she might stay there at the Crown for part of it, at this private mansion for another part of it. So, look, if you've got the money, why wouldn't you? (laughs) Exactly right. She's just played the 288,000 in Mm -hmm. Melbourne. There's a spare quid lying around there somewhere. Yep. (laughs) All right, Vanessa, thank you. It's just gone 6.20. We'd love you to join us this morning. That uh, Suncorp Home Resilience Open Line, 13 13 55. What's on your mind sport-wise? Give us a yell. Or the text line is 0467 736 736. <laughs> and we got uh, a very famous name in Queensland sport, the Cool Worlds. Jake is uh, the skipper of the side. Jake, uh, Jake Cool, well, a very good morning to you. Morning, Pat, and morning, Hills. Well, Hello, Jackie. Congratulations on your selection, mate. Yeah. Have you led this team before? Uh, no, I haven't. No, it's my first time, so... Okay. Yeah, well, very exciting. Well, I was horrified to know that, to find out we haven't won it yet. So come on, <laughs> it's your chance. Yeah. Yeah, I know. In my hands now, so <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, you can get us over the line. Yeah, no pressure, mate, from uh, Hills for <laughs> in the first thirty seconds of the interview. That's wonderful, isn't it? Just turn the heat up, yeah, put the right, blowtorch on. He'll be right. Uh, now, of course, I I do know the family. Uh, how's Adrian? Is, uh, is is he heading there as well? Your dad, who I've known him for years. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's um he's a manager of the side, so. I dare say if things had gone wrong, he'll let me know about it. <laughs> and and he, would he have been manager a fair bit? Yeah, he's yeah. been manager for nearly about uh, 10 years now, I think. Yes, so, and probably uh, in conjunction yeah, with Ducko, that Mike Maynard. Yeah, he, yeah. He's been involved too. But, um, yeah, right, eh? Well, I'd yeah, just like to get get it going, please, you blokes. Uh, the women are the reigning champions, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They've got a really good side again, so I definitely think they're the team to beat again. And I, and I think uh, we're going to try to catch them. Yeah, and, uh, you know, did did uh, Michaela Hinkley make the WNCL team for the final on the weekend? Uh, I'm not too sure oh. about, like, if, you, if she's playing or not, but 
Yeah, I know she was. She's in and around the squad. We're on a pre-day uh, pre-camp at the moment, and she's in and around in and around the squad at the moment. Okay. So, give us some stats on this this tournament, Jake. I mean, how many teams? How many players? Uh, obviously, there's a men's and women's edition of the championship, so it's going to be busy out there. Oh yeah, no, it's a pretty big uh, tournament. Um, I think every every you got every state except. Uh, ACT and NT. I don't have a team. Right, eh? And what do you, what but, format, mate? Is it is it T Twenty One Days? How do you play it? Ah, uh, yeah, just all T Twenties and, and more, two more. games in a day in forty degree heat. Yeah, okay. <laughs> is it still forty out there? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, our, just... our toughest opponents normally, who would they be? Ah, uh, yeah, it's definitely Nessa Wales. Definitely mm-hmm. Nessa Wales and uh, Victoria usually. What do, what do you put? Uh, what do you put it down to that the Northern Territory haven't got a team? Is it costs or what's happening there? Uh, yeah, I think it's more they just don't um, have enough players, and they usually have to borrow players from other states that don't make their original state squad. Mm. Yeah, right. Are you so, now? You, did you have a game yesterday? Did you get it on? Um, that you, yeah, you were to we, play the multicultural uh, eleven. Yeah, we we got on uh, last night and had a really good win. We no. scored one seventy, and we restricted them to about fifty three. Oh wow! And and they're generally yeah. pretty good, aren't they? They're a combination of Bangladesh, Pakistan, India, Sri Lankan type type uh, immigrants or residents in Australia now. Yeah, um, they're really good. They're bowl, pretty um, good bowlers, hard to pick up. Mm. All different actions and no, yeah, it was a really good, really good game and good. I think a good hit out for us. Hey, we know the likes. Well, eh? We know that the Indigenous have been, you know, in my opinion, underrepresented at national level for for quite a while. I mean, have we got enough coming through, mate? I mean, we we know the likes of Scott Bowler, Jason Gillespie, Ash Gardner, with the women, who's you know a, a pioneer. But have we have we have we where what is the state of Indigenous cricket at the moment? Yeah, I think I think it's really strong. Um, we got a really um, strong. Like national side, and we got a lot, like a lot of players coming through. I think it's just, I think it's just trying to keep them in the sport for long enough, where don't lose them to say rugby league or AFL. Yeah, or uh, yeah, you just try to keep them in the sport for long enough. Yeah, because cricket is quite structured, eh? You have to train Tuesdays and yeah. Thursdays, and you have to be at the be at the ground at certain times, and it goes all day sometimes. Uh, it, it is a structured game that that is hard to keep players there. Yeah, it is, and um, I think yeah, we just got to try find a way to keep them keep them in and around the game. And try not to get them, um, what to say, bored because when they get uh, bored, they probably just go, um, yeah, just go to another sport and they'll just play this for two hours. Well, at least they're, at least they're playing sport. That's what we yeah. want to keep them in sport. What's the mix in your team? It looks quite healthy to me between country representatives and Brisbane players. 
Yeah, we got a uh, probably almost almost fifty fifty. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's great. So, and it's a really young side as well. So, it's really exciting because you know we know youth brings plenty of energy. Yes. So in, keeps me young as well. <laughs> <laughs> now, and Dylan McLaughlin, mate, he he's uh, just played for Queensland last week, so he's going to be full of confidence as well. He did very well against South Australia. He's actually just um, pulled out last minute. Ah, oh, did you get up him? Yeah, yeah <laughs> I'll get there. <laughs> so, yeah, he's obviously he's obviously well. there with a the, with a bullet though. You you've you've worked with Dylan, haven't you? And you uh, you wrap him up. Yeah. Hey, Jake, great to chat. We've got to get to a break, mate. But uh, congrats on being named captain of the side. Say hello to the old man, a friend of mine for a hundred years. Adrian, he's a, he's a wonderful, wonderful man. I know he'll manage you well. It's the National Indigenous Cricket Champs, mm. and they're in Alice Springs from the twenty second to the twenty seventh. And uh, we'll have both men's and women's teams. We'll keep you up to date with that. Thanks, uh, thanks, Jake. Great to chat. Good luck, Jaggy. No Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Hills. Now on breakfast with Pat and Hills. Hills gets his gloves off. Well, yesterday I blew up in Sydney that uh, some parents uh, were furious when they got a letter from their school. Um, swimming carnivals are getting a little too hard for everyone, it seems. Restricting non-competitive swimmers from attending swimming carnivals at primary schools in Sydney has created that parental fury. Is this elitist and exclusive, like it's been mentioned, or is it needed uh, for Swimming Carnival Day? Can they provide a similar carnival another day for other swimmers, whether they're aspirational or not? You know, who knows how competitive a swimmer is at nine years of age? Uh, it might, that day might just uh, click them into gear and uh, they never look back. The main school targeted had concerns for kids swimming 50 metres, and fair enough. But in the same facility, there was a 25-metre pool as well. So I think 25 metres is, uh, you know, enough uh, for primary school kids. Uh, Now, not everyone attends a cricket trial, for example, but swimming has been Australia, hasn't it? And learning to swim is crucial and more difficult than ever with our multiculturalism. Swimming a 25-metre lap in primary school is the minimum for all students if possible, I reckon. And whether or not a swim in the carnival is possible is another reason. Kids want to have a go is one reason, is one uh, school of thought. Do they? You know, what were we like at school swimming carnivals? Schools used to want kids to have a go because it was Australia. Now they're non-compulsory competitive sports events. Um, So swimming has changed in a big way. Are we happy with this? What have your experiences been? I reckon I would have loved being told I can't swim on (laughs) swimming carnival day. But as long as I could swim, that's the main thing. Were were swimming carnivals average for you, even, even if you could swim? Do you think our kids leave primary school, then secondary, with sufficient swim skills? Um, Knowing what Australia presents everyone at times, many challenges uh, face the teaching of swimming. No one in my family can swim and don't uh, even allow me to learn. That's one example. Change rooms present all sorts of challenges these days. Body issues and social media environments are very harsh. And should any of these override learning to swim? What are your thoughts? 13, 13, 55.
not scared is this uh, is this young man, Jaden Hunt, who's come, come back to Queensland and uh, he's making his mark down at Red Hill. And it's uh, great to have him back in, in what is going to be a very competitive season for the Broncos Ford Pack. Jaden, thanks for joining us today. Hey, mate. How you going? I'm good. I'm good. How's it to be back home effectively, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's really good to be at home with the family after being away for a couple of years. So, yeah, it's definitely really good. They all still stayed here, mate. Yeah, no, no one moved down there. <laughs> <laughs> because just, it's, a long way. it's a long way. It's a long way. St. George from St. Thomas More College. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I taught at St. Thomas More. Oh, did you? Yeah, only a prac session, <laughs> like a six-week session. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so, so and and do they live on the south side, your family? Is that where you, you're all still there? Yeah, yeah, I grew up on the south side of Brisbane. Good on you, mate. How, how did this Brisbane move happen to come back from St. George? Oh, I just... They kind of just contacted my manager asking if um, I was off contract, basically. But I wasn't. But the new coach at, um, at the Dragons, Shane, didn't want me there this year because it's kind of wanted to free up cap, uh, cap spaces. So the release just kind of all just fell, um, just all worked out for me. So then it was great for me to come back home. And the other thing is, you know, there's been some high-profile departures as far as the Fords go. Um, and you probably saw an opening there. Yeah, definitely. After I heard that a few of the boys were going, um, it was definitely uh, eye-opener for me to have a shot, like, you know, learn off Payne and Paddy and stuff. I played with Paddy when I was younger and stuff, but just to be around the boys that I know and stuff like that. And um, obviously, you know, they're both Australian players and stuff through the forward pack, so there's a lot to learn through that club. All right, let me get straight to the point. Have you been told yet whether you're on the plane? No, not yet. I'd like to know. What are you leaving on Thursday? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Boy, what's, Ke- what's Kevin doing here? Is he torturing you guys? <laughs> yeah, he just goes 50 50. I'm like, oh, yeah, bullshit, Kevin. He's just probably playing. He's oh, just playing got, funny buggers. I've got the boots polished. You probably don't have to polish your boots these days, do you, mate? Um, how is the oh, environment, no, I mate? I last week. Yeah, did you? <laughs> what colour? Oh, brown. Brown. <laughs> hey, um, he's a Ford. He doesn't need these pink things and white things and that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll keep an eye on your your boots, mate. Um, yeah. The current environment, mate. Um, just from those sorts of comments, it, it seems fun. And it, does it suit your style? Oh yeah, most definitely. It's just it's it's a very serious place, but it's also it has a very nice balance of like um, just fun and enjoyment for each other, like. Just like Kevy's saying, is like wants to compete, but then also have fun, like have fun competing. So, yeah, so it's a very competitive training session, but like we have fun while we're doing it. So, yeah, it's been very enjoyable. Were you involved in the in the grand final post mortems, mate? And, and did you get a sense on how much that stung the players? Oh yeah, most definitely. I was there. They didn't watch it. Um, they haven't reviewed it till this year. So I was part of the sitting in there when they reviewed the grand final to see what happened. So. You definitely felt the feelings when it happened and how much they, um, you know, regret and want to improve and go that one step further this year. So, yeah, it's definitely an eye-opener. What do you like most about that? I mean, you know, Kevy, you know, you, you know the story. Kevy came in under so much pressure and all of a sudden has put him in a grand final. You've got a talisman like like Reynolds leading the club. What, what are your overall impressions of, of, of how Red Hill is run and, and how the team could go this year? Oh, it's run – I haven't been at two clubs, so, but what I've known, it's run like fantastically. Everything that you want or everything that you need to be successful as a team is there. 
And um, just with the right players, we have a right mix of big players, fit players, fast players, skillful players. Like we just have such a good mix of that throughout the team. And then, you know, Renault being the, the leader through there just gets everyone around the park and just wants everyone to play their best footy. So, so does Kevy. So, yeah, it's a real good mix. Yeah, and it seems to me that the the wonderful rich traditions that the Broncos have formed since the late 80s uh, aren't intimidating this current group of players, whereas it seemed like it was getting shoved down their throat, let's say, five to ten years ago, and and that and it was all a bit too much. It, it was too early probably. So it's it's quite exciting, the team at the moment. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Like, you know, there is a rich culture, um, history at the um, Broncos and stuff that you have to live up to and stuff like that. But the boys don't really talk. Like, obviously, you have discussions about the past, but basically just worrying about what's next. Like, obviously, we're just going to worry about round one next and then worry about run, round two after that. And, you know, obviously, after you just form a couple of wins, you just keep rolling with each other and get a good feeling. And then that's the best part for the team. Once you get a good feeling, you all play good. And before you know it, you're a very part, a big part of that rich history, uh, which is great. Yeah. You know, you've, yeah. you you have um, introduced yourself to a very competitive part of the Broncos side, the, these front rowers and back rowers and middle rowers. You, you've got a versatility about you. How do you approach this season? You know, is it, is it just session by session and see what happens? Yeah, basically, I just try to put my best foot forward every session or every single game, you know, like I'm a... You know, there's only one Payne Haas in the NRL. You're not going to outbeat him at anything, but I'm just trying to be the best I can be in the stuff that I'm good at. So, you know, just be great in my defense and stuff. Like, they got enough tackle all over the place. You know, you've got Reese Welsh, Israel, Sal, and Katoni. Like, you have so much attack all over the place that if I get my defense right, not missing tackles, you know, being very aggressive and stuff with my defense, winning my tackles, that's what's going to put me in the NRL team, not if I do something fancy with the ball. Mm. Yeah, that's right. You've got enough there to do something fancy with the ball. What about someone like Fletcher Baker, mate? He's he's another one like you that's come into this side. Yeah, yeah, no, Fletcher's been really good. He had a bit of a trouble, uh, had a bit of an injury throughout the preseason, so he just started to get back into it the last uh, month. So, but yeah, he's been going very good. He's very fit, a lot bigger than I thought he was. Yeah, so, but yeah, he's been going. He's been going very well. Everyone's just, I guess, like you know, having us as forwards coming into this club. Like, oh, I guess he was at the Roosters and stuff. They had a lot of good forwards there. But when you have, you know, Payne and Paddy and stuff like that, and then you have Flagler and stuff leaving, there's big boots to fill. So you kind of have to stand up to the plate to get, you know, get the job done. And you know, if it if it does happen, it happens, and uh, you may have to play host plus. Uh, who have you been assigned to? I'll be going to win them. Oh, right. Yeah. Ah, good. Okay. Well, I'm and like because here. previously you've been East, uh, who are East connected with at the moment? Are they with Bronx? Storm. Oh, the Storm. Yeah, so, Storm. And the Storm yeah, is the yeah. other uh, program that you've been through. Um, what did you find yeah. and what did, what always uh, remains special out of that program for you? Oh, mainly just a lot of the wrestle techniques. You do a lot of wrestle down there and stuff like that. Okay. Um, so, like, after contact, on, when you're trying to get them on the back, they slow down the play the ball. Just stuff like that, just kind of, just kind of ingrains it because they just enforce it so well to make sure their tackle technique and slowing down the slowing down the play the ball and stuff, so we can get our line set and defense is like a massive part of what they do down there. Yeah. Now you don't have any update for us on Brendan Piacura, which is uh, probably uh, of particular interest to you. He's got a little MCL strain. Nah, he's one of my good mates. Nah, um, I spoke to him the other day. Just 
he mainly just he just fell on it. He just probably he just bruised and he fell on it when he scored that try and got his foot caught on his other leg when the guy went through his legs. Yeah, he, he should be fine. He just just the boot kind of into his knee, swelling. Once the swelling goes down, he should be all right. Yeah, right, because uh, I was thinking that you shouldn't be flying with that, should you? So far, so so far, you, you I'm certain you'd agree too, wouldn't you? <laughs> you're playing a very good game here. You you could have, you know, hammered Fletcher, and you could have got Brendan. Uh, yeah, no, no way he could go to Vegas. <laughs> but you've supported them both, mate. Well done. Uh, they're all my teammates. You know, we all want to go to Vegas. Some people have to miss out, but. You know, it's not our decision to make up to it. We can't hate each other because one of us gets to go and one of them doesn't. It's the coach's decision, not ours. <laughs> so is the bag packed, just in case? <laughs> oh, no. I was trying to figure out the caddies I can get on my washing done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe he's... It, what is today? Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, Tuesday. You're due to fly Thursday, aren't you? <laughs> Yeah, so hopefully give me a call. We've got training tomorrow, so I've got to around tomorrow what's going on anyway. Right. Hey, just, just very quickly, so what will happen? I mean, will you all be summoned tomorrow and say, well, you're in, you're out? No, I assume. Oh, some people have been told that. Yeah, obviously. haven't been going and stuff like that, but obviously there's a make of team, a couple of injuries and stuff like that. So, yeah, it hasn't given, you know, the main players that go on a go on, but then just the extra boys that doesn't really know where he wants to fill in at the moment hasn't been told. So some people have been told, some people have been told, and some people are 50-50. Yeah, okay. All right. Hey, great to have you back in Queensland and enjoy the stint with the Bronx. Let's hope you are on the plane come Thursday and uh, we're going to enjoy watching you play this year. Oh, thanks, mate. Really appreciate it. Thanks, yeah. Jaden. Jaden Hunt joining us there, one of the uh, the new faces down at Red Hill. And uh, as I said, he's, he's back home. He's a Queenslander. And uh, uh, all the reports that we're getting is that he's going beautifully. That's well worth asking the question, eh? By a manager to someone else, even though you 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 probably know you're on contract with them, and they just suspected it, and maybe they want to offload him. Yeah. And and Brisbane have got another twenty five year old forward. Yeah, very a good, potent forward. Well, he's played one hundred and fifty NRL games, seventeen Origins, Tests for Australia. But I wonder whether that prepared Benny Eichen for the rough and tumble of NRL and rugby league politics. Ben, good morning to you. Morning, gents. What's harder, playing, uh, or, playing raising, or, or fighting raising, with, with head office? Raising four kids. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> or a different perspective. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay. Yeah, so. No, look, um, very different. Um, I will say it feels some days like rugby league is a brutal collision sport on and off the field, um, <laughs> but we fight for it because we care, right? And um, what this current role has allowed me to do is to get out across the state, even up into PNG, and meet a whole lot of good people who give a whole lot of their precious time to the game for nothing, simply because they love the game. And that sort of reminds you, when you get into tussles like we are with our governing body in Sydney, who are you fighting for? Yes. So how is the relationship? I know, you know, we're talking litigation, we're talking, you know, requests for money for origin <laughs> camps and, you know, Foley Shields. Are you and PVL and Andrew Abdo, you're on talking terms at the moment? I feel like you know the answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, we're headed to court and that was over uh, last year's uh, budget approval process, and it hasn't got much better this year. And the scary thing for us is, while we're seemingly not being able to talk sense into our national governing body about what needs to happen, you know, at the grassroots level, 
the other sports are mobilising at a rate of knots. The AFL in particular um, is pronouncing from Melbourne that they're going to be the number one game in Queensland in 10 years. And the only way they're going to be able to do it is with a, an aligned approach with the people who work in Queensland and a whole lot of cash. Mm. And, um, you know, if we're not careful, uh, if we don't kind of take advantage of the popularity of our sport, then they will catch us. And that's a scary proposition. Yes. And, and you are in alignment with New South Wales as well. They've got similar challenges down there. Exactly the same. Yeah. So it's just, look, we're trying to educate the powers that be about how the participation flows through the game. You know, we've got sort of three big pillars and it's the same for all elite sports. The big tier ones is there's the community aspect. So I'll talk from a Queensland perspective. We've got 370 community clubs that participate in 34 leagues, you know, circa 70,000 players, 20,000 volunteers. It's a big beast, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But it underpins um, the success further up. Then sitting on top of that, you guys know our Host Plus Cup and our BMD Premierships, so our statewide competitions, that go open age, under-19s, under-17s, for male and female. They run from PNG all the way down to Tweed, so 15 clubs, uh, creating opportunity, not just for players, but coaches and match officials and administrators right across our state. That's an incredible... That's an incredible coverage, you know. I don't know. Rugby league probably don't know how special that is and the amount of money that must take those statewide comps because I don't know whether other sports have got that. They don't. Like, you know, that you hear these people get in interviews and rabbit on about, you know, bush footy and we need to do more for the bush? Yes. Our statewide competitions are the best bush footy comps in the world. Yeah. You think about it. We go from Port Moresby to Cairns, to Townsville, Mackay, to Rockhampton, down to the Sunshine Coast, out to Toowoomba, into Ipswich, down to the Tweed, back up through the Gold Coast and into Brisbane. It connects sub-elite rugby league from... PNG in the north, right down to Tweed in the south. Yep. And those six teams that each of those clubs run create opportunity for uh, boys and girls through to young men and young women to realise their NRL and NRLW dreams. And so our argument with the powers that be in Sydney, uh, respect what we've created in Queensland and invest in it. Because yeah. at the moment, you know, what we're asking for is $10 million in total to spread across those 15 clubs. Mm. $10 million in total, right? They each run six teams. That's all. Whereas you go into an NRL club, $17 million each, plus another couple of million if you run an NRLW side. We're asking for $10 million for 15 clubs. Mm. I just yeah. don't understand the logic behind rejecting that. Now, I can't understand it either, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on this, and I, and I know your chairman is very passionate about it, and he'll, he'll he's like a dog <laughs> with a bone. But... You know, then we read, Benny, that the AFL apparently has this billion-dollar war chest to start. And, and, you know, you ask a lot of parents, they say, well, the kids are coming home with, you know, the Oz kick little packs with footies and, you know, like t- free tickets to a game. And, you know, if the kids go to the game, a parent has got to take them, et cetera. Um, do you feel like you're under attack at the moment? I feel like we're under-resourced. You know, while other games are clearly realised that the battles, you know, on the ground win the hearts and minds of the mums and dads and the little boys and girls. You know, the AFL are planning and spending today to shore up their future for the next 50 years. You know, we can't seem to get around the table with our decision makers 
and hatch a joint plan. It's really alarming. And, you know, in this latest round of uh, budget approvals, like this is how scary it gets. We're having things rejected in writing on the basis that they don't align with the NRL's participation growth strategy. Now, silly old me thought, well, hang on, I haven't seen this document. Maybe they're making some sense or they've got some ideas. So you ring and request the document only to be told it doesn't exist. Oh, Jesus. It's really? A, it's embarrassing. And they're not easy yeah. to read yeah. either, those strategy documents either. <laughs> so well done for <laughs> being willing to read it. I just, wa- <laughs> I just want to see one. <laughs> you know, if we're, if we're being told that, you know, our Foley Shield can't be funded, which is 75 years old, our 47th Battalion Carnival can't be funded because it's 53 years old. So a collective history of 128 years because of some strategy, then at least produce the strategy. Mm. Now, they're the, yeah. I mean, they're the sort of comps that I grew up on as, as a country kid. You know, from Bundy, you knew about the the 47th Battalion, you knew about the Foley Shield, you knew about the legendary stories that emanated from those. And, uh, yeah, it, I mean, you can't, tra- you can't trample you know? history. Well, you can't. And, it's, and look, they're not, they don't take the same form today as they did no, you know, I know. Like 30 and 40 years ago. The bush has changed, so we've evolved with it. But, you know, history is important. And so those carnivals have been redesigned as the kind of bush has changed its demographic and, you know, population base. Um, but they're still important because Community Rugby League, by the time you get out of southeast Queensland, because we're the most decentralised state in the country, needs to have competitions that are fit for purpose, just like our pathway, you know. it's all, Everything's kind of centralised sort of between Canberra and Newcastle by the time you get to New South Wales. For us, I spoke about our pathway, PNG to Tweed. And then once you get into Community Rugby League, you know, I've been to places like Miles and Chinchilla. I was out of Mount Isa before Christmas. Is that they need solutions that are fit for purpose in Queensland, for regional Queensland. And that's what we're going to keep fighting for. Mm. So there is a spark still out there in, in Rugby League. Yeah, it just looks different. Yep. Like you, I was in uh, Mount Isa before Christmas with Robbie Catter having a bit of a town hall with all the you know, local rugby league um, volunteers and staff members. And, you know, there's been changes in the mine, which has affected the town, which meant, you know, there's there's shift changes, you get less volunteers. There's a whole lot of stuff that happens in individual towns just in those specific towns. And so when you get to those regions, the solution around rugby league, which we know if it's done well will help benefit the community, needs to look a little different from town to town. But you don't know that unless you get on a plane and go there, get on the ground and talk to people. So that's the role of the QRL is to make sure that each of those leagues have a voice back down to Brisbane. And then the role of myself and Bruce Hatcher, our chairman, is to get to Sydney and then convey those messages from right across Queensland to the decision makers around our funding request. Mm. How are we through the corridor where the East Tigers will, will look at the Tigers? So Logan through to the Downs, which encompasses Springfield. Well, it's flying. You know, like, like, to be fair, even though we haven't got an NRL team in Ipswich and Toowoomba, you know, so sort of Western Brisbane, uh, Southwest Queensland, that's why we fought for funding for the Western Clydesdale. Yes. To have a sub-league yeah. rugby league, a statewide club, you know, so that there was a, an academy or a pathway for players and coaches and, and match officials and administrators in that area. But they put in writing last year to us that they did not approve participation of the Western Clydesdales in our competition, nor did they see any benefit to the whole of game for the Clydesdales' existence. Mm. Well, who, who's 
there's that. Let yeah, on the Darling Downs, please. It's been one of the strongholds. Yeah. And I mean, the road from to, uh, Ipswich to Woomba's called Darren Lockyer Way. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and you you haven't even been able to get to the bottom of who said that. I, I know who said it because it was in writing. It was yeah. the NRL chief executive, but yes. it was written on behalf of the Australian Rugby League Commission. Yes, right, yeah. So the two power brokers are, are about to head to Vegas. It seems like this impasse is going to go on for a while longer. We don't know. You know, we've had to take last year's funding debacle to court, so that'll. Play out, but as I said, uh, the funding approval process for 24 seems to have gotten worse. So we'll just keep uh, turning up, fighting the good fight, and hopefully, you know, this process, judicial process that we're going through at the moment, will resolve the issue so that Grassroots Rugby League, uh, in the two most important uh, markets, New South Wales and Queensland, gets the funding that it, it deserves. And this year, Benny, you're after ten million for those fifteen host plus club clubs. Yeah, so right. that, those those clubs are on the same money, same grants yep. that they were getting pre-COVID. Yeah, and it's always well, been light on. And so, it, yeah, and so they they live on the breadline, right? So the, yep. the the RLC, as best I can tell, are just trying to take a cost recovery approach. You know, give them the bare minimum. Um, so they can function. Whereas we're saying, listen, you've got these 15 clubs in all of these key markets right across regional Queensland, invest more money in them so they can have more good people to do more good work. The framework exists. Just give us the money to give them so they can fight for rugby league. While the other the other sports, soccer and AFL in particular, uh, coming up here and going after green space and building facilities and doing more work in the ground, flooding Queensland with more game development. Like it's, we're, we're, we're punching above our weight effectively. It's, it's the same money since pre-COVID uh, for the state leagues while the NRL clubs and players have had a massive lift in remuneration. And let's not forget just last week, the ARLC announced the $60 million surplus and an extra $100 million in revenue. So yeah. it's not as though they can't afford to give us the money that we, we need. Yeah, and they're out buying hotels, etc. cetera. <laughs> Valuable I'm, I'm on money. your side. I'm, I'm, I'm on your side. I'm on yours and Bruce Hatcher's side. There's, there's no doubt about that. Hey, we, fighting, we, Paddy. Yeah, I, we, I want you to keep a tally of how many committee meetings you've been to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I reckon it's fantastic that, that you know we got guys like you and Bruce at the pointy end of it, uh, you know, fighting the battle for um, uh, thousands of volunteers and players out there, mate. Mm. Uh, we've got to get to the news, but Ben, I can really appreciate your time today. Thanks, Benny. Thanks, guys. See ya. QRL CEO Ben Iken.